Yeah, man. Literally just woke up this morning and there's a panda in my garden playing drums and chatting away. I said, what are you doing out there? You're supposed to be on my head. Hi, you're listening to I Thought I Heard a Sound podcast. My name is Mick, and you're about to listen in on my conversation with Tim Doyle, electronic producer and jazz drummer who released an album not that long ago by the name of I Am Panda. Talked about that album, some of his collaborations, its process, and how he defines jazz. It's a pretty fun conversation. I hope you'll enjoy it. Let's listen in, shall we? It's really funny, like going on stage and everyone's like saying these random words. It's like, it, I swear it's phonetic. <laughs> but it really fucks with people for some reason. Yeah, I, 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 I just hadn't encountered it before, Chiminio. Uh, what is, where does, where does that oh, come from? We're going to be is... talking about that, right? Yeah. That's one of the questions. Uh huh. Yeah, where, where does it come from? Uh, uh, it's. Um, do you want me to tell you now or do you want me to wait and tell you in it's, the We're interview? recording now, so recording yeah, now. why don't you got tell it. me now? Got it, got it, got it. Um, yeah, so Chiminho, um, I speak a bit of Portuguese and I've been to Brazil a few times. I used to and still do play a lot of Brazilian percussion. And um, in Brazil, they pronounce my name, Tim, Chin. Um, and they use the suffix, Inho which means small. And when they put that at the end of a word, um, like cavaco, an instrument becomes cavaquinho. It means like little, my little cavaco. And uh, so the name that I was given when I was in Brazil the first time was Chiminho, which means basically Timmy, um, which is what my friends and my family also call me in England, um, Timmy. But then I like flipped it so that it's written in English because in in Portuguese it would be spelled T I M I N H O, um, but in English everyone will call it Timinho, which doesn't sound so cool. Yeah, yeah, but wow, that is that is really that is really interesting, and I I never would have guessed just from looking yeah. at that. Yeah, I think even the Brazilians don't guess when they see it, and then you're like. It's a Brazil. It's Portuguese. Brazilian. It's Chiminho, and they go Ah, Chiminho, but you know it reads like Chiminho in English. So yeah, yeah. Well, if I like, if I saw like a phonetic pronunciation of like an English word in German, I would, I would have no idea. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. It was yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. 
I guess that make I guess that makes sense that they wouldn't recognize it as uh, your name. Yeah, yeah phonetically and it's the pronunciation yeah. yeah it's the pronunciation as well i think when yeah. they see it written like that it doesn't jump out as chiminu it doesn't jump out with the the proper kind of the pronunciations yeah yeah it doesn't have the right accents for sure uh, yeah. um did you always envision yourself as a drummer um that's an interesting question that i've actually been that I've debated loads and only more recently have I really gone like maybe in the last two years, like, yeah, I'm a kit player. Um, like I play percussion as well um, quite a bit. Um, but when I was at college, I kind of thought I was going to be a jazz vibraphone player. I was like practicing vibraphone loads. I was getting vibraphone lessons. And I was like, this is going to be my thing. Um and even before that, like my first band I played in, I was going to play guitar and I turned up to the first rehearsal and was playing guitar. And uh, at one point, me and the drummer swapped and I was a better drummer than he was. and He was a better guitarist than I was. So we just <laughs> we just stuck to it. And that's kind of how I started playing drums. So, I've yeah, I've definitely I've also had periods playing like you know, jazz piano at weddings and in pub corners and all that kind of stuff. So, and also I've written film music and classical music and produced library music and, and done all sorts of different stuff. So it's only more in the most, in the last few years that I've really gone like, yeah, kit is the one for sure. Um, but there's always those like that need for, for the extra the extra bits and bobs, which is why Chiminia is such a great project for me because I can like stretch out with my production and and you know synths and and songwriting and all that kind of stuff as well. So um, your current solo album is called "I Am Panda," mm -hmm. where your previous solo was "I Am uh, Chiminio. Why why did you switch over to a panda? Why are you a panda now? <laughs> Uh, the panda is part of a sort of significant journey of myself um, and with I Am Chiminio it was about kind of exploring uh, the technology that I'd built and working out how to you know create music in this way that I'd sort of like created and how to cultivate it and how to sort of like you know actually make music work with the technology that I built and then with I Am Panda it was just about going more into myself as an artist and thinking about the music that I wanted to make and I wanted to hear and the panda just became like a little representation of of that different focus it has like lots of deep 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 meanings that I don't like to talk about but um I, I figured I figured that it had some sort of a personal meaning because even despite the fact that you don't have, you yourself are not singing on this album, it clearly Actually, is a personal a album. Do you? Singing. There's a few bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? In Run. I, yeah, I'm singing on Run and um, Sinking, which is the track with Brother Portrait. Um, there's a little sung bit um, about halfway through. Um, which is me, but whenever I've done vocals on the album, I've I've sort of produced produced it pretty intensely. 
So you won't, you aren't necessarily recognizable on either of those tracks, is what you're saying? Not particularly, no. no okay. Not particularly, unless you know, unless you know. You can definitely hear, you can hear it's audible. It's very audible. Um, you know, it, both those parts, they are lead lines. Okay. Well, yeah, get out of the bay now. <laughs> um, how did you... How did you go about selecting your collaborators for Panda? Um, well, they're people that I've played with and that I know. So like Dunya, I've I played in a band with her for like five years. She's my favorite vocalist. She's so powerful. Um, Clara, I've been playing with um, not in any bands, but you know, we've been jamming a lot and hanging out and knowing each other for seven or eight years had uh had a roof from uh whose brother portrait i've actually known him for like 10 years um and i met him before i remember he'd come to these jams i used to live in like an old abandoned pub and we'd have these jams and had to come along and then i remember having a few conversations he was like yeah i kind of wrote wrote poetry but i'm not much of you know rapper i don't really perform and then like you know, five, six years later, he just sort of like explodes, sort of like this beautiful creative energy. And then KOG, um, who sings in Onapa, I'd met him at a few festivals and kind of like spoken to him. And I know Tom from Onapa quite well, um, but we never played together, but we'd spoken. And uh, yeah, just at one of the festivals in, I guess, 2019. I was just like, man, I'd love to get you on a track. And he was very up for it. So yeah, it just happened like that. Did anyone deliver a performance for this album that really surprised you anyway, or that you that just really came out of left field? I mean, they they all did obviously beautiful things. KOG, that session was amazing because he lives in Sheffield, which is like three hours from London or two hours. And he came down and he had like a gig on the Friday and a gig on the Saturday. And he was like, but Saturday morning, you know, I'll come down and we'll see if we can do this. And I'd sent him a demo, which sounds nothing like what it now sounds like. The track went for a huge transformation. But he was like, I'll get there at 10. And he turns up at like 11, 11.30. And I'm kind of like... Oh, we don't have long. I've got this guy for one day, and it's sort of like he's gonna have to leave at like five to go to his gig or even earlier. Um, and he kind of rocked up, and you know, we hung out a little bit, had a coffee, whatever, and then like four hours, and he just like bashed out this whole tune. It was ridiculous. Like, I don't think he'd done much prep, and I think he just listened and was just like, right, I've got an idea. We turned the mic on, he put down an idea. Then he'd be like, right, backing vocals here. Let's do like harmony lines like this. Oh, what if it did this? How about this in the middle? And we just like vamped. And then four hours later he left and I was just left with like all of this audio and it was just like nailed. It was amazing. Um, and he was like, yeah, if we need to do anything else. Let me know. And I was like, yeah, sure. And nothing else needed to be done it was all in there it was amazing yeah that's crazy were you a little intimidated after that session no 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 okay i was excited i'd made like it it just sort of like brought out some different colors in what i'd written that was just sort of really exciting really 
you know, really positive. It was at a time which is hard to imagine now where everything was just like 100 miles an hour. Like, you know, there was no time to stop and think. So the idea of like having to meet again or like not getting it all done in one session was just like the worst idea ever because the idea of trying to book in another session was just like so impossible and so difficult. Yeah, and your your track with KOG is probably one of my favorites on the album, honestly. It's such a good tune, isn't it? It's really good. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you take anything from your previous album, like any lessons that you learned from your previous album, to the uh, writing and recording process of Panda? Um, or was this more, or did you pretty much start from scratch on this one? I think... I mean, it's, I think it's kind of impossible to go from one project to the next and not learn, take a lot from it. Um, I think for me, the biggest lesson I had from the first record was just playing it and being like, this is not really the music I want to listen to. And then really questioning my process. Um, and it was to do with the fact that I was trying to navigate this sort of like complex software programming kind of coding at the same time as composing music which isn't necessarily the most um, conducive to creative flow when you have to crack something open and, and change the code so I basically did the first record you know I'm, I'm happy with it it's all cool but then I think I listened to it and was just like right how do I what is the music that I want to make and what am I hearing? What am I really, what's the, what's speaking to me at the moment um, and what's important to me? And I sort of started from there. And then I was like, how do I make those things happen using my technology? Whereas the first one, I was like, right, I've got technology sorted. Uh, let's make music happen. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was the biggest lesson. Um and I think that lesson continues. <laughs> um, I think a big part of it maybe is like narrative. I try to sort of like with I Am Panda to put a lot of narrative behind all of the music. Some of the tunes literally have stories behind them. Uh, some of the tunes have like super deep, very specific meanings. Some of them have silly jokes. Um, and then the whole the whole album is an arch as well has like um, quite a quite a sort of like thought out um, yeah narrative for want of another word because I've already said it four times <laughs> but that's the word man okay narrative yeah yeah and you throw in a couple of jokes in there too just to lighten things up yeah there's a few yeah. little moments yeah there's a few little moments where I put in things that like I, I have this feeling you know so much music you hear it. Uh, and it sort of like goes from um, a certain colour, a certain feeling, and then something changes, whether it's sudden or whether it flows into another another section. And it just completely emotionally takes you somewhere. And I think that like the music that does that is music where they have put that, that content into the music. But we'd never be able to understand what it is they've put in it. Does that make sense? So if someone writes a piece of music and they're like writing about like the death 
of their like best friend in a song. I think a lot of people will hear it, um, particularly people who have got experience of the musical style that they're working with. They'll hear it and, and feel something really deep and really tragic and really sad. And as that piece evolves, depending on what part of the emotion they're trying to express or what part of the story or the journey, the listeners will experience something that is equally as deep and raw and powerful. But not many people would go, he's writing about the death of his best mate. You know what I mean? Or they're writing about death. You know, not everyone will necessarily hear that but we get that something's going on so i think in this record i put like loads of that kind of stuff i didn't put anything about any death mm-hmm. um but i don't think they'll ever get what i'm talking about which i like the, the mystery of that yeah yeah and it's it's almost better if they don't right yeah if, yeah. yeah definitely definitely yeah do you consider yourself more of a jazz musician or more of an electronic music producer um I mean, the jazz, the jazz term itself is actually quite a difficult one to navigate because it in itself has so many different um, definitions. And um, I don't know if I'm comfortable with defining myself as that through most of those definitions. Um, Like, for example, for some people, jazz is like, you know, a very specific pre-50s American, like, you know, sort of like thing. It has to swing, you know, it has this, it has this vibe. It's specific, it's it's got the cultural significance of that time and sort of like all the struggle and all of that stuff. And for some people, jazz is like when there's some nice jazzy chords in anything. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like, you know, you have like jazz, trap and it's just trap with like seventh and ninth chords in it and you're going like that's jazz um so i would say i would say that probably wouldn't describe myself as a jazz musician because as particularly as a drummer i'm not very good at playing um most of what people would call kind of traditional jazz styles and it's not really something i want to play either um but then you know there's this term like london jazz that people are using um which you know i i I kind of play with some of those people so in some ways maybe i'm part of that um but yeah electronic producer is definitely something that i'm preferring and enjoying at the moment okay yeah. No, no. Yeah, that's that's fine. I I tend to have a pretty expansive understanding of genre parameters. So yeah. I I would probably refer to you as a jazz musician. Maybe not in the same way that um, maybe some of the greats uh, are that the people who think of you know the the musicians that people think of when they think of jazz, like Charlie Parker and you know John Coltrane. But you know, in sort of a punk rock sense, like. Yeah. You know, yeah, like you feel the energy, you you take the you take the yeah. pieces and you put something together with them. Yeah, it's an interesting one because some like in some ways, you know, jazz could just mean like sort of like elements of improvisation or a certain way of communicating with music with different people, like a certain attitude, a certain sort of feel, but the but it's just it's you know over a hundred years of history and just like all variations that you can imagine, you know, jazz is one of those terms that 
you could put it in front of any other term and it probably exists as a genre in itself jazz k-pop or like jazz drill or like whatever which makes it really difficult to to define but yeah if you, you think i'm a jazz drummer maybe i'm a jazz drummer <laughs> somebody somebody will definitely push back on me on that but hey i <laughs> that's 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 one of the things i love about music is that you can debate it endlessly yeah um, yeah, yeah 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 maybe There's we could no... do like an instagram poll <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean as long as long as the poll comes out and like validates me in my opinions i'm i'm, I'm... <laughs> Yeah, Tim, thanks. Thanks, thanks for chatting with me. Thanks so much for um, coming on uh, coming on my blog um, and doing a doing a little interview with me. Really appreciate yeah, it. Pleasure. Pleasure. I look forward to seeing it all and hearing it all. Let's up.